right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up today. Kevin's got to be on cloud nine because we're diving all kinds of uh, into that forward love he's got, that focus on the oval, and, man, what makes him go fast and the people behind the scenes, too. Uh, this is going to be cool, man. I'm looking forward to this. Man, how can you not be excited? You know, Ford fan or not, they, they really have a fantastic lineup of, yeah. uh, you know, total enthusiast, performance-oriented products. Uh, you know, the Mustang obviously has been around forever. You know, we've got these latest ones, uh, you know, well, we've got Raptor, we got Bronco, we got Bronco Raptor, we got, you know, even the uh, the Ranger trucks go in this direction. I mean, so much stuff to get excited about. And, and there's just so much information to try, you know, as an enthusiast, as a performance person, you know, where do you get all that? You know, right. like, where, where do you get all the ins and outs? What, what's the best mods? You know, what's the latest, uh, you know? package that you want to get what configuration if you're going to order a new vehicle or or picking up an old vehicle you know whether things gone wrong what's the fastest way to go fast you know you're digging all over the internet i i love to explore and, and go down that road as well but aren't you somewhat enthusiastically sitting back and watching just the re, almost like the resurgence the renaissance of all things crazy conceptually. Um, for example, take the wildest interpretation of a Bronco now. You know, this, this Bronco Raptor merge thing that, you know, we're hearing all the whispers about. You got to love being, you know, a fly on the wall in some of these engineers and product development people's meetings that, that things are going so wild. Who would have ever guessed we would have, you know, 800 plus horsepower at our disposal and, and roll out with a warranty. Who would have guessed we would have been able to jump our vehicles when we take them off the, off the parking lot? You know, it's, it's crazy where things are going, but the, the bar keeps getting raised and raised and that aftermarket support and the people uh, that really push the envelope, they in turn, you know, raise up their game and it's bringing up everybody. I mean, it's never been a better time to be a car enthusiast just because of the capability of, of these platforms and what you're able to do in them now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. We had the heyday back in the, the 60s, early 70s, and then just decades of just lull and, and mediocrity and, and some, some products just puke, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just sad. Uh, and, and then, you know, we got into the 2000s and things were, were peaking up a little bit. And then, uh, you know, we've had some surges. And, you know, we've talked before, you know, I think when the, uh, the Z06 uh came out like 06 or whatever and it had 505 horsepower the ls7 and it was like wow we've broken the uh, attainable 500 oe number and we thought pentacle and it just from that point on it's just shot up like you said 
800 from the OEs. Everybody turned their head on a, a like an owl on a swivel when Hellcats dropped, and everybody was like, 707? 707? Are you out of your mind? You know, everybody thought that number was just insane for a car company to drop. Now, you know, it's it, everybody's got one of those. <laughs> uh, and, and really, it's uh, it's been it's been cool to watch this ongoing battle and who's raising the bars and and where that really is going to go. And nobody's got a better sort of pulse into that than Travis and you know his team. And I'm really looking forward to just picking his brain a little bit because there's so much out there nowadays. You can, I mean, from wild to you know, to wet, to, to you know, crazy power. Um, there are so many options you can dive into nowadays and be excited about all of them. Yeah, and like I said, there's so many different platforms, even if you're a truck guy, right? Between yeah. the Godzilla coming out and the, you know, the trucks to the diesel side of things, it's making 500 horsepower, 1,200 foot pounds, you know? Uh, so no matter picking your poison, uh, svtperformance.com. I mean, and we're tapping in with Travis Hill. He's he's the guy that just leads this bandwagon, and the, these guys are diving in. They're collecting information from all over, all different sources. Uh, they sponsor a number of different events. I mean, it's everything from culture and social to pure performance. Uh, so we're gonna dive in touch with him, and uh, you know he's got his pulse on the entire landscape with Ford Performance type stuff. So. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun conversation. You guys stick around, man. Uh, he's got a, uh, a Raptor, a Bronco Raptor that they've purchased themselves, uh, done tons of mods on, had a lot of seat time in it already. So I'm really excited about you know diving into that one in particular because that's on my radar. I know you're a Jeep guy. Uh, so it'll be interesting to bounce off of you, you know, your experience for years and years uh, with all kinds of very aggressive rock crawling Jeeps. Uh, you know, where did this where this Bronco is kind of landing between the mall crawler and, you know, the mom machine and full off-road right. raging, you know, uh, yeah. fun haver. Taco so a Moab in a weekend type scenario. So exactly. Amen, man. I look forward to it. We'll take a break. Get back with Travis. It is the Two Guys Ride podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up. We got Travis Hill, SVT Performance. Uh, man, this guy, it's got to be wild to have a job where you get to go have as much fun as you get to have on a regular basis. Like, it, it's almost like you should be paying them, Travis. It, it really, it's got to feel like that sometimes. Oh, yeah. We get to, we get to run around and have some fun. Hey, hey, wait, careful, careful, because we might have to pay our, <laughs> our management too, Willie. You know, like... We're, we're, we're in a different camp, but you know, we're the, shh. okay. Go ahead, Travis. Yeah. You get to go and play with cars. You just, it's fun for free basically and get paid for it right. even better. But you know, essentially we just run out and do this stuff as enthusiasts and that's pretty much how we like to handle it you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, how long has SVT performance been, you know, on the forefront? How long have you guys been doing this? Since November of 2000. Wow. Wow. Well over two decades of just being the go-to place on the internet if you want to know anything about any Ford performance vehicle, basically. Now, what happened in November of 2000? Because you, you nailed that very specifically. Like, there must have been a, a pivotal moment that, you know, started off. It was almost like, you know, the Thursday afternoon, November 18th, 4.14 p.m., it happened. <laughs> so... Uh, the funny story there is I did not actually start SVTPerformance.com. Uh, 
I just came into it about, I think it was three or four years after it was made. I, I know more about when it was actually formed than when I actually got involved. In right. <laughs> but uh, it was just a group of enthusiasts that owned uh, SVT vehicles. In particular, they had SVT contours of all things. The, the, the hardest SVT vehicle to find now is the contour. And that's what all those guys had. And they just wanted to create wow. a space on the Internet where they could share and talk. And that's kind of what happened. And it just bloomed from there. I had forgotten about that car until you just mentioned it. The contour, holy crap. Yeah. That was like, yeah, dude, that was like a, a Taurus with a little bit more oomph. <laughs> yeah, uh, for, for what it was, the platform, you know, front wheel drive, the whole bit. Um, you know, a lot of people had a lot of fun. And then there was, I guess, somewhat of a cult following to them for a while, right? Because it was an attainable, you know, price price point for a lot of folks. And you could have a lot of fun with them and, and get some performance gains. Uh, luckily, we've added to that list. So it's not just uh svtcontour.com you know now we get the full range of all the different goodies and and timing wise right november of 2020 or sorry 2000 i mean that's right when the mustang cobra uh with the 4.6 and the blower and the 400 400 so i mean we were starting as you were talking about in the, in the beginning willie you know this escalated performance i mean that that's kind of like a pinnacle point there i mean in my mind sure. you know yeah. when i said the you know, the Z06 with the 505 horsepower, that 400-400 out of a you know mundane Mustang was was quite a punch. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was about the time when uh, the SVT engineers were developing the 03 Cobra. And it um, just bloomed from there. Uh, you know, you, there's a great book on this called Iron Fist, Lead Foot, uh, about John Coletti and his team and working on that and how they essentially wanted to make a naturally aspirated Cobra, but it just didn't hit the numbers they wanted to. So they said, well, let's put a blower on it. And then that's what everybody since then's done with a performance car. You know, there's a few outliers like GT350, but for the most part, when you want to make a really bad street machine, just put a blower on your big V8, put it in the car. Yeah, man. It, it, it is such a signature nowadays. And you look at all these platforms doing just that. That's a you know, a well-followed recipe, and the numbers are just getting ridiculous, man, as these blowers get bigger, and they figure out, you know, how to keep the charge cool and how, how fast to move that air. My God, you're seeing just monster numbers in performance. Uh, it, it has been amazing to watch that escalate over the last few years, right? Oh, yeah. And the thing that still surprises me is even though, you know, your OEM blowers tend to be either twin screw or a TVS from Eaton and the development on those and how they just keep getting more and more efficient. So you can make more power with a smaller blower and or if you want to put an even bigger one on, they make an even more efficient power with a big blower. It's, it's crazy how things have just gotten better and better. You would think there'd be a plateau somewhere, but they don't seem to have hit it yet. <laughs> right. So being on the pulse of everything for performance for so long now, a couple decades, are you gravitating to a specific platform? Is there anything that really just kind of hits your buttons just the right way? So for a decade now, since 2011, the Coyote has been the premier performance platform for domestic power. It just is nothing anybody else has touches that as far as being able for mod for mod dollar for dollar to get more power out of anything it's that's the go-to i'm really excited that ford's finally dropping the coyote in the f-150 raptor with the gt500 blower on top of it i think that's going to be really cool i can't wait to get behind the wheel one of those 
Yeah. Ooh, that that's what we're talking. They needed that. They needed that extra, that extra punch. You know, that extra gear, that extra level. Yeah. So it's funny. Uh, they haven't done that. Haven't had a V8 in a Raptor since 14, and even then, that was basically a Super Duty motor. It was not a real performance engine. On paper, that truck does everything better than the V8 one ever could. It handles better. It gets better fuel mileage. It's better off road. It's just better across the board. Then Ram comes out with the TRX with a Hellcat motor in it, basically. And that sort of, <laughs> I think, lit a fire under Ford. Like, we've got to do something. Even though, if you look at the performance metrics and everything, it was really only better in a straight line than the 3.5 EcoBoost Raptor. That's, that was its claim to fame. And now, with the, uh, the Coyote Raptor, it's going to be uh, pretty interesting to see how that shakes out. Everybody just loves that V8 punch and performance and the way it sounds. So, I think that was definitely the right move to make. I'm going to ask you about that, man. That, that somewhat addiction of... A V8 power. Do you think that's a, you know, something where Ford can, you know, pick up some momentum and ground at, knowing how that Coyote performs? And and Kevin, you and I have seen those ridiculous numbers that thing can put out. Uh, you know, with the aid of a blower, those things are really making huge power. How do you think that's going to stack up? You know, knowing that you know they're them being Ford and, and you guys, uh, they don't they don't like to come in second, if you know what I mean. You know? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting progression, uh, you know, because Ford really started pushing the 3.5 EcoBoost, right? Because a lot of their whole strategy when fuel economy was really starting to kick in hard a few years back was, right, downsize and boost everything. And and, and that strategy has really kind of taken off all around the world. I mean, that's a very common way to get fuel and performance because you're typically getting, like you said, right, you're going down to a, a V6, a 3.5 liter, but because it's boosted, uh, it, it actually outperforms the naturally aspirated V8, right? So you're getting better fuel and more performance than the original V8. Now, take a big V8 and put a blower on it and pff, you're in a whole nother category. But, you know, they, they went down this road because, you know, for most people, more performance in a V8 and better fuel is the combination. But once you throw a Hellcat at anything, you know, call it a Challenger, right? Call it a TRX. Uh, and you've got to be competitive in that, let's say, ultra space then yeah you need to revisit you know your strategy a little bit so yeah i think you know to travis's point it probably worked out really well and it was the appropriate choice for a long time to have that three five eco boost in there but you know it's it's top dog here so top dog's got to win uh so it's going to be fun to watch you know what this uh basically you know predator gt500 powertrain is going to look and feel like in this uh this raptor yeah, and speaking of you know performance, and we talked about efficiency on superchargers earlier. One of the companies that we deal with, uh, VMP Performance, they're pretty big into the uh, the Predator supercharger systems on the GT500s. And if that's a carryover, and it looks like it pretty much is, they have a lot of upgrades where you don't even have to boost, and you can get 40 more horsepower just by being more efficient with the intercoolers and the lid and things like that on the blower. So you're keeping that air charge cooler, make more power that way. It's uh, it's a very nice platform. So, so Travis, what has you fired up and excited um, out of all these new platforms? What has you and the SVT guys kind of pumped up to get your hands on? And when do you guys get to dive in and, and turn it up a little bit? So that's one of the things I'm really excited about is we finally have custom tuning coming online now for the 21 and up F-150s and some of the other 
supposedly encrypted ECUs that Ford's had out. So for the last three years, we haven't been able to do custom tuning on these things. You're stuck with whatever uh, approved tuning devices that are out there, basically. But now we can buy a supercharger and I can mix in a different intake or a different exhaust and different injectors and different pulley and up the boost and I can custom tune all that. So that stuff is finally coming online. So we've seen a lag, I think, for the last couple of years on what we could do. And I'd say in the next six months, you're going to see a lot of catch up going on there. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And it's interesting, you know, the OEs are constantly trying to, you know, put up the firewalls, put up the fences and, you know, inevitably we're, we're climbing over, climbing under, we're breaking through the code. Uh, it, it's an interesting cat and mouse, uh, but from the enthusiast, enthusiast side, man, this is going to be awesome because, you know, we all know in, in just purely unconstrained uh, the kinds of power we can make uh, with coyotes and boost. Uh, and to be able to do that and, and apply whatever recipe, you know, you know, comes to mind that you want for your, for your application to be able to get in there and actually do it. So Travis still didn't answer the question. What out of these new platforms, the Bronco, the Raptor, this merger, what's got you excited about, you know, you and the team to get your hands on and uh, how do you guys as a team, how do you tackle improvement um, when they're so good already? What, how do you start? Well, it can always be better. That's the thing. So, uh, right, right. You, sp you spoke of Bronco there. We actually ended up with the first retail Bronco that was sold in the United States. Uh, so, for there for about a week, we had the only Bronco Raptor. I'm sorry, not first Bronco, first Bronco Raptor. We had the first one, only one, for about a week on the road. So, if you saw a blue one running around a certain week last year, that was us. That was, there was no one else that had a Bronco Raptor out there. And um, the first thing we did with 100 miles on it was take it, put it on the dyno and see what it made. And uh, I started cobbling together some parts and things like that. I put an oil separator on it that we built out of some spare parts I had around because uh, I wanted to protect those intake valves and everything. The DI engines are known for gumming those things up and everything. So we cobbled something together and then I drove it. Uh, well, from Detroit to South Carolina, so almost a thousand miles back home, picked it up in Detroit. Uh, so we've been uh, nonstop with that thing uh, since we picked it up and uh, got about 5,000 miles on it now. And it's probably my favorite new Ford that I've bought in a long, long time. Nice. Wow. So let's say out of the box, you know, we'll get your impressions. Give us a rundown of some of the, the other mods that you guys have done to it. And out of the box versus now that you've kind of fully fiddled with it, what are your impressions? So out of the box, the best way I can describe it is anybody that's driven a regular F-150 and then driven an F-150 Raptor, it's just like that with the Bronco. The standard Bronco is really good to drive. It's comfortable. It makes decent power. It handles well. And then you just crank it up to 14 when you go to the Raptor. It's got way more power. The suspension is way better. The brakes are better. Everything is just better. So there's almost no comparing. It is just better than every other model of Bronco out there, except for trying to fit it in a parking space. But beyond that, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, power-wise, it's fantastic. Of course, that's the first thing we started doing was messing with the engine. No tuning is not available out there for it yet. It's the encrypted ECU type deal, but I'm told in the next month or so we should be able to 
crack the way into the back door on that and start being able to play with it. But we did put a, a JV4 module on it and I have a Whipple intercooler on it. So it picked up uh, quite a bit of power um, stock. So we ran it stock in Detroit. And then when I brought it down here, we ran it again. And we can talk about how you can play with those dyno numbers just a little bit. We ran it in uh, fourth gear in Michigan and then fifth gear in uh, South Carolina. And, you know, turbo engines, they lack load. So running it in a higher gear allowed it to make more boost, found more power. <laughs> so definitely run it in the, in the highest gear you possibly can if you want to see what it's actually going to do, that you can load that engine up. But bone stock, she was making about uh, 363 horsepower and about 400 pound-feet of torque to the wheels. So pretty good. Then with that JB4 module, which basically just plugs into the map sensors and fools the ECU, you know, basically lies to it and allows the engine to run more boost uh, on setting three, I believe, because we were running 93 octane, didn't mix in the uh, E85. But we picked it up and ran 394 horsepower and 447 pound feet. Hey, nice. Nice for a little bit of cheats, you know? Yeah. 40 horsepower, 50 pound feet of torque with two plugs. That's basically all you had to do was just plug this thing in and it goes down the road. And the other neat thing is it works via app. So you Bluetooth to this thing through your phone and you can change which map you're in. No it has way. like 10 maps. You can create custom ones. No. You can do it on the fly. Wow, it's pretty cool. Huh. Yeah, man. And that's without ever touching the ECU. Huh. That's it. And then uh, we did a uh, turbo smart blow off valve because this is a three liter EcoBoost. It's twin turbo. And my theory on EcoBoosts are instead of messing with the exhaust to try to make it sound better, just make the turbo noises louder. So <laughs> that blow off valve goes whoosh. And that sounds really cool. So that's kind of what we do there. Uh, we'll put a Whipple intercooler on it. Uh, the big thing is we wanted to keep those uh, IET engine air temperatures uh intake air temperatures cooler and that thing works really really well uh, we've got a good video on the svt performance youtube channel uh, showing that off and our test was basically to hook it up to our little camper and pull a mountain grade with it and you can just see how much uh, that thing is actually working it's, it's pretty cool plus you got the aesthetics of just the bronco raptor itself it just looks you know it just looks like a bronco raptor is expected to look, you know, it's just meaner, leaner. Yeah, it's, it's starting to look like you're ready to go to Baja. You're not, you're not going to the mall. You're going to Baja, damn it. <laughs> That's sick, man. I like it. All right, Luke, we got to take a break. More Travis in just a second in the SVT group. Where's it going? Where's the culture going? And, you know, there's, he's speaking of when he started, they're going to have the 30th anniversary of SVT. We'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit, too. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B, and we're back after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. We've got Travis Hill, SVT.com. Is it SVTPower.com? SVTPerformance.com? SVTPerformance.com. Check out that site, you guys, man. All your questions will be answered. These guys have dove. God, now they're so far into making power, performance, making everything just a little bit better. When you first saw the Bronco Raptor, I mean, even by your standards, you you, you had to be pretty impressed and like, damn, they, they kind of hit it this time. Yeah. So the way I look at Bronco Raptor until, you know, Raptor R for the F-150s come out, it is basically the ultimate expression of the Raptor 
model lineup from Ford. Um, it's got a lot of the F-150 parts on it as far as like the front suspension and things like that. The knuckles are the same. It uses the same bolt patterns on the wheels, the brakes. You know, there's a lot of F-150 stuff in this much smaller package. Then on top of that, the Bronco Raptor comes with 37s standard on it. And 37s are an option on an F-150. So there's hardly any vehicles out there rolling off the showroom floor with 37s on them. 37, 1250s, huge tires. So speaking of that, right, it's already coming with the tires, right? You, you've done some engine mods. Is there much you can do as far as brakes, suspension, and other things on it other than just personalization? So you Have you guys been tweaking any of that stuff? We haven't messed with that a whole lot because, um, honestly it's pretty damn good straight off the showroom floor. And unless you're getting like really serious, like I want to have more droop out of the suspension or things like that, uh, you're not going to do a whole lot better than that factory setup without compromising other parts of the dynamics of the vehicle. So one of our things is we love towing this little off-road camper. It's a no boundaries, 19 foot double axle camper. And I take myself and the wife, we go to a lot of NMRA races and things like that. And we don't really like campgrounds. That's the thing. We had this big 40 foot diesel pusher bus before, and you're sort of limited where you can take a vehicle like that. So you end up in campgrounds with 400 other families and kids running around everywhere. And we really like to get away out off road, down by a river or up on a mountain. So we bought this off road camper and we drag it around behind a raft because it will take it anywhere that we have enough ground clearance to go. So that's really a, one of the reasons we haven't messed with the suspension much because you could make it softer and things like that to handle better off-road, but we would lose what little bit of towing capability that vehicle already has. Yeah, what is the, what is the rate of towing on that? Because, I mean, it's sitting high. It's got the big wheels on it. It's a somewhat short wheelbase relative to an F-150, depending on the config. So what, what do they rate that? So it's 4,500 pounds, which is a thousand more than a regular four-door Raptor. And okay, that's not a ton. I mean, it's not yeah. terrible, but not a lot. So, you know, we have like a uh, Blue Ox uh, load leveling hitch on it, things like that. That helps out quite a bit. And it tows that thing just fine. I actually have a video coming out on that soon with a full towing review and all of that. But uh, the worst part about towing with it is it gets terrible fuel mileage. But yeah. you're towing around a box, so what do you expect? Yeah, I, I I've got a F one fifty and I've I've had a couple configs, so I I got the EcoBoost to try, and then I tried the five liter and then I went back to the EcoBoost three five because it just tows like mad. I mean, it don't care altitude with the boost. It is unbelievable the torque curve. But yeah, once I'm towing my big box, it's uh like twenty seven, twenty eight foot uh toy hauler. I mean, pfft, mileage goes to to crap, but you know, I drive a whole lot more than I tow. Y'all crazy talking about gas miles towing a trailer. You all old men listen to talk about gas miles towing a trailer. You don't care about gas miles towing a trailer. You care about getting there and having some fun, tearing it up, man. <laughs> grumpy old well, that's man. Why I, that's why I ended with a <laughs> because I don't care. I ain't grumpy about it. I, I'm I'm excited that it tows so good, and I'll I'll take the yeah, fuel. Man. But as a fact. As a fact, the towing fuel sucks, but hey, 
I'm game. Travis, <laughs> you know, aside from the, the Bronco Raptor, um, what is it in, in the SVT camp and what, what is getting you guys excited? Obviously, these big power numbers, man. Uh, where do you see the ceiling going and where do you see the, the culture of hot rodding shifting? Is it shifting? Um, it, are old cars new again? C- kind of where do you see everything unfolding over the next couple of years? Because, man, it's, it is crazy times right now. So it's funny you ask like where the ceiling is because uh, this was something I was talking with the uh, Jamal Hamidi, the old SVT chief engineer back in the day. This was when I think the 2011 GT500 just came out with like 550 horsepower. We thought that was nuts. Uh, Supercharged 5.4 V8. And he said, well, what do you think about like over 600 horsepower? I'm like, oh, man, that's crazy. Nobody needs that much on the street. So then they come out with 662 on the 13 model. I'm like, oh, there'll never be anything more than that. So it just you think there'll never be anything more, and it just keeps going up and up. So I don't like to make predictions on, like, where it will end OEM-wise or even aftermarket-wise. But one thing I have seen a lot more interest in uh, from a guys, especially people that are my age, you know, late 30s, early 40s, things like that, who grew up right when fuel injection was getting to be really good. Um, you know, weren't suffering through the bad old days of the early Fox body 5.0 setups where a lot of guys were pulling fuel injection systems off cars and putting carbs back on. We grew up with it being really cool and you were able to get in and tune and do a lot of stuff. Like I, I never wanted to change jets on a carburetor growing up why would i do this that why would i pull out a screwdriver when i could take my laptop and change the fuel slope and things like that change the math curve you know all that kind of stuff but now we're getting to that point where tuning is not necessarily available for everything but we still want to play with cars so i've seen myself and a lot of my peers we've been more interested in going back to older stuff even if it's not performance wise just so you can turn wrenches and have fun on something so to uh, probably to the detriment of my marriage, I've uh, been uh, looking around on the government auction pages a lot, uh, often while I've, after I've had a cocktail or two, and uh, I end up winning auctions on big, stupid Ford trucks. <laughs> like uh, the latest one I bought, 66 F600. And I had no use for this thing, but for less than a thousand bucks, I bought this truck that had been sitting for 12 years. And me and a buddy just took a truck full of tools and a couple parts, got it running, drove it home. And just been playing with that. Rebuild a carburetor here and stuff like that. I'm seeing a lot more stuff like that where guys just want to go out and get their hands dirty on something. You don't have to spend a ton of money to do it. And it's a great way to just spend a weekend tinkering on something. So, do you see any competition there with, right? You've got a new Bronco, uh, but there's old Broncos, you know, or old trucks. Uh, do you see do you see folks kind of getting one of each, or do you see them turning away from from new and just having their daily driver and then something old in the in the driveway? So it's a little bit of everything. Uh, like the really nice older stuff, late models, like say a '96 Bronco. I think there was one on Bring a Trailer with fairly low mileage just went for like $58,000 and nobody's going to finance that. So you've got to have $58,000 in cash to buy a vehicle like that. And so we're seeing those later generations of cool cars like that go up in value store, like the muscle cars did 20 years ago. And it's putting a lot of that stuff 
out of reach for a lot of your just general enthusiasts and it's turning into more of a collector car market on some of that especially the nice ones now yeah you can get something that's beat to death and if that's what you like to do you, there's tons of companies out there that sell parts for you know late 70s mustangs to full nose broncos and everything in between but you'll see a lot of guys pick up stuff like that and still have a new bronco sasquatch package in the garage maybe that's their daily driver or an f-150 or something like that so there's a little bit of everything for everyone to fit anybody's budget or taste that's what i really like seeing in the market yeah and i think we saw it with muscle cars right when all the cool ones the first gen camaros etc you know all kind of skyrocketed they were unobtainable then you start going into tier two and tier three and then and like you know you, t you start getting to just oddball stuff and you know willie and i've talked Many times, you know, once once this whole swap engine swap thing came around, uh, and you got a lot of you know chassis builders, whether it's the uh, roadster shops. I mean, those are those are all expensive stuff. But Art Morrison's, and you can take you know just a random Volvo, you know, a cool style Volvo. You can throw an LS in it. You can you know upgrade performance at whatever levels, uh, and you can take oddball cars and then make them cool. People are moving sheet metal. People are putting flares on. Uh, so. Yeah, I, th I think there's definitely something out there for everyone, and I've been enjoying watching. Not not the prices go skyrocket because I would still love some tier one vehicles, right? I I definitely don't have quite the collection that Willie does, um, but you know, tier ones just kind of disappear. I'm enjoying watching the twos and the threes and what people are doing with some of these, you know, lower down models that just weren't as popular from the beginning, but people are making cool rides with them, and they're having a hell of a lot of fun with it you know just like you're talking about with your you know uh 650 yeah so uh one of the events that we go to uh every year is the nmra bowling green uh drag race and a couple years ago they partnered with holly to sort of morph it into the holly ford fest and nmra race and you see a lot of really cool stuff that people have just pulled out of barns and some guy that pulled out a uh I think it was a Maverick or a Fairlane. I don't remember off the top of my head, but this thing would have been, if anybody knew it existed, it probably would have been crushed. It was more rust than it was car, but he drove it to the track. Just, it's cool to see that kind of stuff. And speaking of the swaps, it's also cool to see that Ford is embracing that market a little bit more with the Megazilla. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah. It was released at PRI, the 615 horsepower, 640 pound foot of torque, 7.3 liter V8. And they have control packs for it, so you can bolt it to a transmission, drop it in a truck or car, whatever you like. It's cool to see that Ford is embracing that swap culture even more. Yeah, it just keeps expanding. You know what you can do when you've got, uh, you know, when you've got a, a legitimate drop-in kind of turnkey powertrain uh, that'll fit and stuff. Like I said, now all of a sudden you've got performance, and a lot of vehicles that never came with it never had the aura. Right, they weren't cool because they were whatever, 205 horsepower or whatever, or 185 something. Uh, but now, when you drop 615 horsepower like that, instantly it's raised a few notches. Uh, so now, you know, what else can you do with it? And along with, you know, patina became cool, uh, right? So you could have a dirty old car or truck, you know, and no one's going to give you a hard time about it. Rust is cool, uh, you know. So just it's really opening up the doors. I think what people really want to see is just guys out there driving this stuff. Yeah, when you yeah. see something out at the gas station, you're like, damn, that's cool that he's driving that thing. Right. <laughs> no matter what it is. Yeah, man. 
Station Wagons making a big hit. Drop Station yeah. Wagons with some suspension and halfway decent V8 in it, man. Rumbling down the road. Oh, they're just dirty, dude. Uh, there's a lot of cool ones out there. So you're right, man. It's all based on, you know, people's, you know, dropping their own personality and saturating that in their their build and their car and their, how they love to drive it, man. So what makes us all, you know, giddy about this whole, you know, hot rod type thing. And, you know, you, you probably optimize that at SVT. You and your guys always digging in for performance. Um, what's next for you guys as we, uh, we kind of close things out? Where's SVT and your group uh, looking at and going at next for production pieces for performance and platforms? Well, we're going to keep messing around with our uh, Bronco Raptor for sure. I am ordering a Ranger Raptor. I don't know what it'll be like or anything, but I just want one. Wow. So yeah, I, I really like the drivetrain in the Bronco Raptor, and it's going to be the same thing in the Ranger Raptor. So I'm just going to get one Whoa. and play with it. So that'll be cool. Big thing that we're working on for this summer, we're working with NMRA, National Mustang Racers Association, on a 30th anniversary SVT reunion. So this is probably the first time I've talked about this publicly, but it's 30th anniversary of SVT this year in 2023. We're going to have a big reunion show in Norwalk, Ohio, uh, the June 9th through uh, the 11th. And we're trying to get every SVT owner we can to come out. We're going to have a ton of special guests. And if anybody has any really rare or cool they want to bring out definitely get a hold of me uh we can probably get you set up with premium parking and all, all that kind of stuff there uh this is like swinging back around if anybody's got a really clean svt contour if one of those actually exists i would love to see that <laughs> yeah man <laughs> full circle <laughs> going back in time yeah, no doubt, man. All right, don't forget about a TV show air weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend Plus, which is a great way to find us. Thanks to our guest, Travis Hill of svtperformance.com. Go check that out for sure. He's my man, Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B, your producer, Scoop, and executive producer, Mr. Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, too, at twoguysgarage.com. Share your thoughts with us. We're everywhere on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at twoguysgarage. Now the Two Guys Garage Podcast, it's copyrighted, 2023, Brenton Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Hey, Travis, what do you think an SVT Contour would go for and bring uh, bring a trailer? Uh, between 2500 and 25000 I mean, Somewhere in that range, depending <laughs> on quality. Uh, a nice one, a nice one. Would it be up uh, there? You know, I always say there's an ass for every seat. So there's a there's probably somebody out there that, man, I had one of those 20 years ago. I would love to have another one. And he has money now to buy it. <laughs> awesome, man. We'll catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. You guys take care. See you guys. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.